0: Now, we continue with Mile High
1: Magazine. Here's your host, Adam Morgan. You've heard the sayings, the devil is in the details, or the numbers don't lie. When it comes to health insurance through the state insurance exchange, Connect for Health Colorado, the number that gets your attention is, in 2018, the average health plan premium before tax credits or financial assistance was $661. That's $55 monthly. The CHF Marketplace for Individuals and Families sports some 124 medical plans and 13 dental plans for a wide selection, so Coloradans have a wealth of options. Who says government can't get anything right? Think again. Greetings again. I'm Adam Morgan. When Kevin Patterson, CEO of Connect for Health Colorado, transitioned from his key role as chief of staff for former Governor John Hickenlooper, he had the vision of how to make the new health exchange concept a success. With a staff of 97 full-time employees, their work has weathered regular congressional changes and the high pessimism of insurance carriers to shape one of the nation's most successful state insurance exchanges. Kevin Patterson continues with us on this edition.
0: I I think, you know, we've had this whole repeal and replace and then we had it at the state level. And I mean, there's some of that that is you kind of have to just kind of take it and just keep moving forward. And the way I explain it to folks is, look, this is a job they've given us to do. We're going to keep doing it until the federal law tells us that we don't. Right. And right now, the federal law has not told us not to do what we're doing. So we're going to continue to do as much as we can to get as much coverage to folks because, we know that improves health outcomes, that improves people's uh, ability to thrive. All those great indicators, I think, are, are out there. But as we talk to other states, um, I think this interesting line of questioning. You know, we talk to folks that are thinking of new things that they can do with their state exchange, and we participate in those conversations. We do hear from states that are that will tell me, like, hey, you know, how does it work in Colorado? We were kind of over here with the federal exchange, and— you know, we don't have this much flexibility. We can't kind of do these things. You guys get data that we don't see. How does that work? And we tell them how we target our marketing, how we're able to engage our stakeholders in much more um, unique ways that speak specifically to what people are saying. And we can reflect that or, or give them messaging that we know is targeted to the places that are underrepresented in terms of health, um, health insurance. You know, we, we see larger uninsured rates in some counties. We can actually go by zip code yeah. and target our marketing you know wow. that way, and so that's really important for us because we want to make sure that we're spending our dollars as effectively and efficiently as possible. But we also want to make sure we're getting as many people covered as possible. Mm-hmm. Because if we can get them covered, we can probably, we might be able to save lives. And we've we've gotten letters where people are telling us that we're able to do that. So I, I think that this conversation is is still a national conversation, sure. but the innovation is happening at the state level, and we're seeing uh, you know three more states that are really beginning to think about do they Who want to they? also. So Pennsylvania is thinking about it, Virginia is thinking about it, and New Jersey. Okay, uh, Nevada is already in the process of moving off the federal exchange, and they want to uh, rebuild their uh, state-based marketplace. And I think others m- might follow.
1: Now, you mentioned the federal exchange, and that just popped up a question in my head and the sure. other the other folks, because we've had such growth here. A lot of people coming from elsewhere is there a portability that's available if somebody's coming from another state and another exchange or would they have to rebuy the health insurance here or can they move what they have there here or here
0: there it's not quite that simple the the problem with health insurance is that it's even though it's a national program around the affordable care act it's regulated state by state yeah. and so there are some opportunities for some portability, but it really depends on if we have a compact with that particular state. Do they? Is that carrier where they're coming from represented here? Right. Sometimes that makes that process a little easier. So if you find
1: a carrier that's in both places, they, it, you, then
0: it, you have it, a portability it, there. It, it could be an opportunity for folks to come in, but the plans might look a little bit different. So okay. it, it's, it's, it's a little more complicated than
1: that. I wish it weren't, but it it is. Mm-hmm. But that's something you recommend that people who have moved here to at least uh, call one of your healthcare navigators and see what the difference is, what the what the uh, uh, what they do have or don't have, but to find out about it.
0: Right, I, I think we have a network of navigators and brokers uh, that we have connected to our website that provide great a- advice to folks, uh, no matter what part of the state that you're in. So mm-hmm. we've got a network of you know over a thousand folks. That can help.
1: Well, this is, this is just a simple nuts and bolts uh, question, but a lot of people think I can only sign up for health insurance when they tell me to sign up in November and December, but you have some other opportunities that you can sign up if, you're, uh, if your life uh, circumstances change, I think is one of them. You're right. We call those qualified life change events. And so
0: if you get married, if you have a baby. Uh, if if you, you have a baby?
1: Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah,
0: so yeah that married. is a life change event. But and anybody that's had one knows how much
1: of a life change it is. <laughs> so I can get, well, I can get health insurance for the baby. For the I, baby. I, okay. I can't get health insurance for me, but but I can get it for the baby. For the baby. And then add me later. Mm-hmm. So I can have the kid with health insurance and I don't. So, okay, I got yep. it. So that, that will do it.
0: If you are working and you lose your employer-sponsored care, so your job-based insurance goes away, Right. people come on to the exchange. I actually have a text. I need to respond to somebody. Uh, after this, because you're reminding me, somebody just asked me this question before I got here. OK, uh, if you lose your Medicaid, uh, I've talked to a number of folks that they're on Medicaid and they're working. So they might be in the Medicaid expansion. So that's for folks that are working in the um, income level goes up a little bit from 100 percent of poverty you can go up to 138. Um, and so they're working. They're usually like front of house at a restaurant or something like that. Sure. And he says, yeah, man, I, I took some more hours towards the end of the year and I lost my Medicaid. And then I didn't have insurance. I was like, "Dad gummit, you should have come to me because you're supposed to come to the exchange and we would get you into a plan because it's really a continuum of eligibility. And I think people think of it as it's Medicaid and then there's everything else. And and the way the federal government wrote the the policy is that it really moves you based on how much you make on income. And so if you're at 200 percent of poverty, there's a cost share reduction, which helps you with out of pocket costs in addition to the tax credit that get, keeps your premium down and as you make more money you, the cost share reduction might go away if you get closer to 400% and there's in your tax credit is it's all based on how much you're making so if you know if you're $15 an hour, you probably can qualify for a pretty good
1: tax credit. Okay. They, now you brought up two other nuts and bolts things. Cost, uh Cost sharing. That means you're sharing costs with the exchange is paying a part of your premium it, there? It
0: comes in part of the way that they bill the rates. Okay. And so there's a, a little bit extra in the rate to fund people between uh, up to 250% of poverty uh, for cost share reduction. So if, if if somebody's barely out of Medicaid, let's say – and they're they're you saying okay now i have to pay for stuff the way the law was written is it said okay but for out of pocket costs like you got to help with your copay you got to help with if you have to see a specialist prescriptions some of those things can be uh you get a, additional assistance for your cost share reduction so the cost is shared with everybody to make sure that you you don't aren't priced out of getting any kind of care no
1: matter some uh political f- figures have said well we don't want to be writing a uh, writing checks to help supplement uh, people's costs. But if they're cost-sharing, that's a different way of doing it. Yeah, everybody, they're paying, and then the the
0: program pays as well. And so, you know, it's it's just that's the way – a real government insurance, again, yeah, and the government <laughs> works too. So just, that's the way the government works. Yeah, you well. know, you don't you don't pay every time you drive the regular interstate. You pay on the toll road, which is a whole different conversation. But
1: mm. I don't want to take us off that. Road.
0: <laughs> no problem at Sorry. all. Sorry.
1: I, I I I guess the you know the main thing though is that uh, health insurance is available, but you've been seeing uh, increases in enrollments. Like to in the range of what eight to ten thousand a year? Yeah, we we are
0: seeing some. I mean, it's a little flatter this year than we expected because more people are starting to get it. So more people are coming in, so it's harder to get to folks. Uh, And I think the cost for folks is becoming more and more of an issue. And so we're starting also to see a little bit of an uptick in the uninsured rate. And so in Colorado, we had gotten it down to around six percent from a high of fifteen percent uninsured. Yeah, and now we're starting to you know initial indications mean make make us think that it might get up to around 8%. We're waiting for Cholera Health Institute to give us the final data on that later this year. Um, and so we know that cost is just an issue for folks. And so the it's the cost of the premium, it's the cost of the drugs, it's the cost of the out-of-pockets if you've got these high deductible plans, right. because we're trying to find ways that people can still get coverage. But for some folks, they're like, well, if I have you know a $7,500 out-of-pocket before my insurance really kicks in, they don't feel like they're getting that much. And if they're not taking advantage of the, uh, the preventative care, you know, then, then that's when they really feel like they're not getting the kind of value mm-hmm. that they feel like they should for, um, for an insurance product. And so that's why we spend a lot of time trying to help them understand how to actually interact with the insurance market itself um, but we certainly hear and are very sensitive to the cost implication. I'm, I've talked to folks in, in various parts of the state that have said, you know, I just couldn't afford the insurance. It was as much as my mortgage or in some cases yeah, folks sure. are telling me it's more. Yeah. So I I get that. And I, I, I can't fault them for mm-hmm. making what I think is a very smart kitchen table conversation. I think the state is really looking at how do we really begin to drive those costs down. And we're part of a stakeholder engagement process that came out of legislation uh, this year, out of uh, House Bill 1004. And so the Division of Insurance and uh, Healthcare Policy and Financing, where Medicaid is housed, is really bringing stakeholders together to start talking about how do we really get our hands around what we need to do differently going
1: forward. The price of medications. Yeah, you know, the state has joined this compact, I guess, to be able to import drugs from Canada. Yes. But it's got to either help you in a positive way because the uptick's constantly it's got to be driving up the cost of the premiums, the cost of, like you said, pres- prescription drugs and all that plays into the overall total cost of what a yeah. a, a person's health care is got to be. Right. Prescription drugs are,
0: it's one of the big drivers right now. And so I, I really have to give the governor a lot of credit. I I, I mean, it, it was it was kind of a big, big audacious goal he had. And uh, they actually got it. They got it done this year. And I, and I don't think he's done yet.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What's the key thing? Um, you'd like to see the exchange be able to do or the direction you would like to take it to make it more stable? Our enabling legislation really talks about
0: access, affordability, and choice. Yeah. And, you know, those are the three legs to the stool, I think, that that really are important to us as an organization. And I think, you know, we've given folks uh, more access through the Affordable Care Act. I think, you know, what we can do to help this affordability question is is one of the things that we're really intrigued to see what the state – uh, will come forward with uh, and choice. You know, it's it's a two edged sword. Uh, we have seven carriers. Um, so, you know, we might have even more going forward. We've got over 120. plans. Excuse me, 120 plans. 120. plans. Yeah. And so Ooh. when I explain this,
1: yes, yeah, see, that's the reaction I get from folks. You know, when you explain. No, no, not that I have to sort through, but that who that's you, a lot. You have to sort through to, to even tell me which plan I should use. Oh, that's, yeah. That's a lot. It is. It's a lot of work. But when I explained to my former
0: colleagues that when Mm -hmm. they were at the state and they said, and I said, look, you guys have two carriers, two plans, so four choices. Right. We're trying to do this with seven carriers and 120 choices. And, And they were just like, wait, how do you even start to figure that out? I said, that's what you have to ask a few simple questions up front, which we do with our quick cost plan finder tool to say, how do you think you're going to use this? And then we kind of give them ideas of, okay, these might be good choices for you, because it just gets to be overwhelming. It's just choice theory. You know, once you get over a certain number, people just get overwhelmed. And so we're trying to make more improvements in honing in on what's the right choice for
1: you. And your technology has been helping you to do that.
0: Yeah, we've got some work to do on that. I think, you know, we had to, as as we said at the top of this, we had to kind of put the, you know, fly the plane while we were in it. Yeah. uh, And put, put it together, rather. And so now there's just very different tools and solutions that are out there. And so I think there are some improvements that we are planning to make over the next 18, 24 months. You know, we're going through a call center uh, RFP request for proposal right now. We'll be looking at some changes to make with our shopping platform uh, next year. And, And so those will be the things that I think will show our customers that we have been listening to them and we can deliver something that's a lot easier choice process for them to,
1: to get to where they need to go. Like you said, you've been flying the plane as you've been creating it at the same time, making it real. Yeah. And, and and that's been the uh, challenge and the big achievement success.
0: Thank you. For me, it's really about how do you make that positive choice. And so yeah, yeah, for, I, for me, it's really about I hear from folks that are, you know, sending me letters saying, you know, I've got to make a decision between my health insurance or my utility bill, and it gets cold in Colorado. And and I get that. And so, you know, when you talk to people and they start sending you thank you letters saying, now I can finally pay my utility bill and I have health insurance. I'm like, you know, people can say what they want. I'm working for those folks. And and that's what drives, I think, me and, and the folks that that I have the opportunity to work with every day.
1: So that's the message to Coloradans who may be listening to this. If you don't have health insurance and you're thinking that there's some artificial barriers that you've put in your mind that you have to it give us a call and let's see how many you can remove.
0: Yeah, we're we're here year round. Uh we will help you figure out what works for you no matter what corner from uh, Durango to Dinosaur from Springfield, uh we we don't care what
1: corner you're coming from all the way up to Sterling, you know, we we will we get everybody. We thank Kevin Patterson, CEO of Connect for Health Colorado for keeping us up to speed on the exchange for this edition. Find out just how Connect for Health Colorado can work for you at 855-PLANS-FOR-YOU or 855-752-6749. Or you can do it online at connectforhealthco.com. I'm Adam Morgan. Do keep in touch. Stay on your game. And we thank you for sharing a few moments.